Hello, and welcome to Once More with Commentary, a Buffy and Angel podcast. I'm Ginny. And I'm Allie. And today we're talking about Season 7 of Buffy, the episode called Him. And for Angel, we're talking about Season 4, Spin the Bottle. It's been a morning. Um, also, I my throat kind of hurts, so I don't. I think I sound normal, but I'm not sure. You sound normal to me. Okay. If I talk less than my usual nonstop, that's why. Then I'll just talk more than my usual, which I didn't <laughs> think was possible. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, how how are you doing? Um, I'm okay. I um, I'm very sore today. Um, oh, yeah, because you hiked, hiked. I, 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 yes, that's a great way to put it. I hike, hiked yesterday. Um, I, you know, honestly, the hike is not that long. So it's like, I think, five miles round trip. So like one way is only two and a half miles. Um, but we gained like 4,000 feet in elevation, mm, like mm-hmm. in two and a half miles, which is pretty steep. And it wasn't that difficult, but it was like, you. I mean, there was no flat part to kind of like take a break so it was like like my calves today are like screaming at me like I'm limping around my apartment like an old lady um Mm -hmm. uh, the other part of it was so we hiked um Lassen Peak which is in Lassen Volcanic National Park um which is about four hours from San Francisco okay yeah I was like I don't know where that is okay yeah so it was like four hours each way in the car and luckily we got like especially coming back like there wasn't any traffic um I mean there was traffic but like it wasn't terrible but like I was just like you know that's a long time to spend sitting in a car after hiking (laughs) like I'm sure that's contributing to the soreness but it was a stunningly beautiful day for it like not a cloud in the sky you could see Mount Shasta like wow I mean you could see forever really and you could see to the Sierras like it was crazy and I didn't know this but Mount Lassen has like a butterfly migration every year oh wow! and we're in the middle of it right now so it I tried to take That's videos cool. on my phone and like it just could not do it justice. Like it was just so many butterflies. Like and honestly, like I was laughing because I was like, if this was any other kind of insect, I would be like freaking out right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, the butterflies. <laughs> yeah, butterflies will eat you when you're dead too. I learned that from bones. They eat us. They eat dead. They eat like dead things. Oh. I didn't know that. I'm just saying they're beautiful, but they're uh, creepy, too. I didn't know they were carnivorous. (laughs) Uh, Not carnivorous, but, like, you know, rotting butterflies. Well, I think the butterflies were actually getting eaten in this scenario because the crows were, like, swooping in and having a field day. But um, it was really beautiful. So I'm glad we did it. But, yeah, it was was a long day. (laughs) Okay, I googled butterflies eating dead bodies, and the top two hits an article on mental floss that says seven disgusting things butterflies eat and then the next one is National Geographic and it's called Butterflies Behaving Badly What They Don't Want You To Know. <laughs> it's probably good I didn't read that before yesterday. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, but there was like already snow up there so it was like kind oh. of crazy at the top like how much was snow Was it chilly was. at all or no? It really wasn't that cold. It was like at the top I think it was like in the 50s. So, okay. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. So. Whew. It's finally fall here. I mean, it actually kind of got muggy again, but I uh, did fall activities yesterday, so it was nice that it was, you know, it's cooled down and stuff. Which um, basic fall activities did you do? <laughs> Apple picking. <laughs> yeah. No, I spent the day in uh, Jersey with one of my friends and her kid and her husband. It was fun. Um, we also, like, went to a local rugby game. 
Oh, fun. Hung out with other kids and parents, and then we went to, like, a small orchard. Not like a... I don't know. I've been to some much bigger apple picking orchards, but this was kind of small and just like kind of in, in a little suburban town. Um, but it was really cute. There was like a little petting zoo and there were apples and a pumpkin patch and that kind of thing. So let me ask you. I did wear my flannel. Do you understand the game of rugby? No, God, no. I didn't even watch any of it. Yeah. And there were like five kids with us. So I was like, that's fine. I'll watch the children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, nobody was nobody with us was watching the game. Like one of the uh, people, her husband plays, which is why they were there. And she was like, yeah, every time he's like, oh, did you see when I did blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, yeah, it was great. She was like, I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there were a lot of cute kids. And my friend's baby is really cute and really well behaved and. I mean, I'm sure that parenting is a lot of it, but I also feel like, you know, some kids are just good kids, like good babies, at least. Yeah. You know, once they're a little bit older, I think, you know, there's probably you're contributing to it a lot more, but it definitely feels like, man, he's just a good kid. And I'm like a little bit like, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> he's fun to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. And he like barely cried about anything and only when it was kind of like a, re- you know, like reasonable and he had a really great time. Yeah. No, it's always funny when like you see them crying and like sometimes you're like, you know what? I actually, if I could get away with that, I'd be doing that right now too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like some kid pushed him and it was like, yeah, that's, that's upsetting. I get it. <laughs> I'm also like, where were your parents, bully kid? Yeah, seriously. I or you know, know what? I, I always think of kids on airplanes crying. Like I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. It. That's like, no one can explain to you what's going on. Yeah. It's like really disorienting. And people are so mean about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, how is your behavior any better than this kid? Yeah, exactly. Right <laughs> You're crying too. Yeah. That sounds yeah, so really had, uh, like fun and like fallish. Oh yeah. So it was fun, but the two side notes. Yeah. On the way there, I had to take several forms of transit, which is fine. I'm like up for it, but I have had a lot of bad transit luck this weekend. So yesterday I get on the last leg of my trip is on this like light rail that goes in New Jersey and they, you know, like it was the week it's like, it's almost exactly like Muni. Like it's this above ground, like stupid train, <laughs> you know, like if it was working, it would probably be fine. Is that the path? They were doing, could they were doing, no, not the path. The path is fine. I did have to take the path, but that was okay. Um, anyway, so I was, you know, I had to go like, I don't know, 15 stops or something. And like there was, they were doing construction on two of them. And since it's like an above ground thing, you know, they can't like reroute the train. So it was this whole ordeal. I had to get off and take a bus for two stops. And then I get back on and it was super confusing because they're like running the southbound trains on the northbound track. But like, I'm trying to ask like what's going on, but I've never taken this train before. So the guy's like, yeah, this one's going to such and such station. I was like, that helps me not at all because I don't know what direction that is. Anyway, so I like eventually figured out and like, fine, fine. Okay. But then they're like, oh, this one's only going as far as this other stop. So it was like, I had to get off the train, get on a bus for two stops, get back on a train. And then it was only going four more stops. And I had to get off again. And then I needed to get on another train. All of this is just to go one straight, you know, path anyway. So it was fine. Eventually, uh, my friend's husband just picked me up because I was like 10 minutes away. And I was like, I don't think this is worth it anymore. Like you guys waiting on me any longer. So, but that was really annoying. But the night before I, um, <clears throat> was coming home and I had invited friends over to watch Hocus Pocus and I got stuck underground in the sub- in the New York City subway for an hour. We were <gasps> underground between stations with no signal. And I was like, well, this is great. And eventually the car in front, the train in front of us had broken down and couldn't even pull into the station. And so eventually after an hour, 
they were like, yeah, you guys ought to evacuate the train. So we had to walk through our train and then get onto the train in front of us and walk all the way through that train. And then barely were we at the station enough that you could get onto the platform. Oh my God. And then I got out and I was like, I had heard from, at the, and then I got above, you know, I got above ground. I had all these text messages for my friends because they were having problems too. And uh, someone was like, oh yeah, this train is messed up now. And this one is messed up. And so I was like, I don't know where to go right now because like if any other line is also going to be at least 30 minutes behind and like, you know, people are going to my house, like, I don't know what to do. And I eventually got in a lift, which is what I should have just done in the first place. But I was like, should I walk this way? I'm like, I got it. There's like six other train lines around me, but none of them were really the right one. And all of them were having delays. And I was like, it took me a solid two hours to get home. And it usually takes me 40 minutes. Oh my God. Were they late too? Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. So it was fine. But (laughs) really the most frustrating thing is that like when you're that far underground, there is no signal. So it was like, hopefully you guys aren't sitting in my lobby, like waiting for me because I can't. I mean, at that point they have to assume that like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and, and, and it's easy enough to figure out like where subway delays are like, and it was such a big, big shutdown that like, they would have figured it out, yes, but it was, I, you know, it's just stressful when you're like, I can't even tell anyone that, like, I'm stuck down here. Uh, I can't imagine being stuck for an hour. Anyway. Oh. And somebody on the train when I was leaving was like, oh, this is the third time I've had to do this in three months. And I was oh like, my oh my God, <laughs> I don't know what trains you're taking, but yikes. Anyway, sorry. So anyway, with that, <laughs> spent a lot of time. I, we're not talking about the weather anymore. Now we're just talking about mass transit. <laughs> I think it's an improvement. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we did mention the weather, but very briefly. In context. Yeah. Anyway, so with that said, by the time I finally got home last night, I was tired. And I watched Buffy while taking a relaxing bath. And it was pretty good, except I got really tired. I was like, don't fall asleep in the bathtub. (laughs) That would be a bad idea. Um, Okay, so... That's enough of a segue for me, so (laughs) why why don't you tell us what happened in Buffy? Okay, so this week we watched him, which, you know, well, you know what, I'll reserve my editorial (laughs) judgments. So, uh, I mean, it was a pretty straightforward episode. It was kind of, again, it's like impossible. I'm trying to not describe it in, with already giving my opinions about things. But, you know, Buffy and Dawn are at the high school Dawn is kind of asking Buffy to explain what her relationship with Spike is like now. And she's just kind of, you know, observing that, like, she doesn't really get all the romantic entanglements of the of the Scoobies. Like, why are you still talking to Spike? Because Xander did all these things to Anya, but then he wants her back, blah, blah, blah. So she's kind of just not lamenting, but, you know, observing. And then she's like, I don't get it. And then, of course, you know, cut to she spots this super hot football player on the field and little swoony 50s music plays. And we're like, okay, now Don's gonna finally kind of understand or, you know, fall in love or whatever. So that's sort of the story. We see Don starts to tries to start talking to this guy named RJ. You know, we kind of, I don't, think Dawn is like an outcast exactly, but it does seem pretty clear that she's not like part of the popular crew and, you know, but she, she tries to kind of wedge her way in with him and the cheerleaders and, um, she tries out for the cheerleading squad and it just is kind of increasingly cringeworthy what she's kind the efforts that she's going through to kind of get this guy's attention. Like at her tryout, she wears Buffy's old Sunnydale cheerleading uniform and does a cheer that she's like clearly made up. That's all about RJ, this boy. Uh, later, uh, he gets replaced by another quarterback on the, like somebody else is going to start instead of him. And she pushes that guy down the stairs and then lies about it, which is pretty extreme. Um, so yeah, I mean, Don is like obsessed with this guy and 
I guess eventually Buffy kind of, you know, talk, tries to talk her down. Oh, yeah, it feels really intense, but you don't really mean it, blah, blah, blah. But later, uh, Buffy ends up confronting this guy, RJ, and wouldn't you know it, she falls in love with him, too. <laughs> same Sweeney music plays, same, it get you know, things get increasingly bizarre. Buffy also starts doing a lot of very out-of-character seduction we can talk about that. Um, and I mean, more or less, that's kind of how the episode goes. Every, every woman that meets this guy s- seems to be under a spell, which, of course, they turn out to be. His letterman's jacket is enchanted somehow. He got it from his brother. Xander remembers his brother, so they go to confront him. He and Spike do, and they figure out what's been going on. So eventually, Willow and Anya also fall under this spell. They all do increasingly zany, cartoonish things to get his attention, uh, and some, you know, weirder, darker things. Um, but eventually, Spike and Xander steal the jacket, burn it, and the spell is broken. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. There are a lot of other weird details in there. But. Spike is living <clears throat> with Xander now. Right, Spike is living with Xander, per Buffy's request. Yeah. That's um, all I remembered in addition to that. <laughs> yes. I mean, this was obviously a filler episode. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's probably I, the correct way to describe it. And it's also had a lot of, like, throwback to season one, especially, I felt like, which, you know, they've kind of been doing that with this whole season, right? They're back at the high school. They're doing kind of these more traditional, like, demons that are sort of relate to high school metaphors or at least thematically relate, kind of. I mean, I didn't... I don't hate this episode, but, like, it was not my favorite, Right. No, I, and you know, I also felt like there was a lot of intentional throwback to the last time we had a Love Spell episode. Right, um, which was with Xander. You know, yeah. including Buffy trying to seduce Xander, which I know, now I thought about that trying too. Trying to seduce, uh, what's his name? RJ. RJ. AJ. AJ. <laughs> <laughs> AJ is on calls him in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and we even get Xander having like this reverie of a flashback to when that mm-hmm. when all went really wrong um but yeah I agree they're kind of doing like a weird not weird I guess it's just and this is something we talked about a little bit before is like being in the high school again gives them license to do these kinds of stories in a way that makes more sense I think than if they try to do it with just like oh Xander's casual co-worker like has a, le- like right. a jacket right. that like you know it's it and it's all contained in a central area um yeah, I mean it. It's fine. I think my I, I think my two biggest issues with this are we're Frank we're all all my issue with this is Buffy. Frankly, I just you know I in in the interest of being fair <laughs> to Angel because I'm going to complain about this later. You know I just don't enjoy seeing families pitted against each other in romance tangles. Like I don't like. I didn't like the weird triangle that they... I, I know it was under a spell, and I knew it was a spell the whole time. I mean, I think for everybody, any even a new viewer watching it, pretty clear, it's pretty clear early on that something mystical is going on, right? It's not just Dawn. At first, it's a little bit unclear, but then it's like, yeah, 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 there's some sort of spell. But I just didn't enjoy the Buffy angle to it. I really thought her seducing him was creepy and kind of unnecessary. I mean, I get it, but like, I didn't like that. So I, I, I thought the beginning of the episode was kind of charming, and you know... If we're going to have some filler, I don't mind, especially when they successfully do kind of a lighthearted shtick. So I, what I'm trying to say is I liked the beginning and I liked the end. I didn't really like the middle and I thought it dragged on quite a bit because ultimately like, yeah, it's back to this like high school scenario, but I don't, 
I didn't think it was that strong of a, you know, of a theme. So it was just like, it just kind of got, it just kind of went on for a long time. Where I was like, there's not a lot of meat here. It's pretty much all surface and style and like humor. And, but then when, if the humor wasn't working, then it was like not, there wasn't anything underneath it. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're right. Like it, I feel like in some ways, maybe they like carried it out a little too long. Like, yeah, uh, I get, I get that you that can't they, have the resolution until like the end right. of the episode, but then bringing in both Willow and Anya falling under the spell as well. I mean, honestly, it made for a very comedic, I love the split screen, like uh, and yeah. what each woman was like going out and doing. And like, Honestly, the resolutions were really comedic to me, like Spike yes. tackling Buffy with the rocket launcher. She's about to kill Principal Wood. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, no, and yeah, Willow I really like about the third to turn act. RJ into a man, like, or into a woman. Into a woman, yeah. All of these things I thought were comical and I enjoyed that, but it was also a little bit like I didn't really understand why Willow was disposed to like fall under the spell or, you know, maybe. I don't know. Maybe the spell doesn't distinguish, but like I don't think yeah, Anya I think it as well. Like any it, it just like it was like one thing on top of the other, and everybody was really awful to Dawn because they of it. were like I you know, know oh you're a child you don't understand and like okay even if RJ is like eighteen which it's not really established how old he is like they're all at most Ugh. like four years older than him like. It's sometimes it's really easy to forget that, that, you know, and I was again thinking about that in the angel episode too, where I was like, (laughs) you know, we're referring to 18 year olds as like children who like don't know what they want. And I'm like, yeah, but like we've had two shows here treating 18 year olds as capable functioning adults. So it's all a little jarring. Yeah, just and, a and I think all it to me it, like because they've treated the main characters this way because they've been our point of view into this show the whole time that like now trying to bring in younger other like teens interacting with mm. them and like they're supposed to be adults and they're just children like it's kind of a weird course correct to have to kind of force your brain into. I don't know though. I think Buffy and Angel's speci- I guess Buffy and the vampires love interest specifically aside, I don't feel like it's appropriate. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that they're just trying to say that they can't act like adults because they're 18, but that like four years isn't a, isn't a ton, but it is, it's creepy for people out of high school to be dating high schoolers. If you didn't at least start in high school together. Oh, oh my God. I, I'm not you know, saying like, that's not creepy. Oh, okay. I'm saying <laughs> okay. that yeah, I like, like uh. I always find it really strange when like, the attitude becomes like, oh, you're just a kid, but like, right? Which yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. I, I guess like that's just never the like the view that I felt the show took when like our main characters were actually that age, and like maybe that was kind of the premise of like, oh, she's just a kid, but like they never really treated her like one, so yeah, it, I guess it just it's weird, I, and maybe I felt this way more about like the Angel episode, but like. For sure, I don't know. It's like easy to forget sometimes how young the characters still are. And, yeah. like, yeah, four years is a long time, and, like, I'm not saying Buffy should be okay for, like, seducing RJ. That's, yeah, even okay. if she's not his <laughs> guidance counselor, like. Ugh, ugh, so inappropriate. Yeah, but, no, I just, like, it's the disconnect between, like, the ages how and the how, like, they seem. How, 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 yeah. how big the age difference, like, otherwise seems to be is. Mm-hmm. that I guess for me it's, like, part of why this story was really awkward and didn't work for me. I think I just. I, uh, we've talked a lot in the past about how on the whole or entirely, you know, the show really is better at not sexualizing Buffy or not, not sexualizing her, but not objectifying her. She obviously is sexual. Um, 
And I think this was the one where I was like, oh, I think they're leaning too hard on me wanting to watch Buffy act quote unquote sexy for a whole act. They you even know? put her in a schoolgirl outfit. Yeah, I think that was where I was like, oh, we are kind of leaning on that crutch now. And I think that was where the middle of the episode really didn't work for me. I really think if they had just done, if they had just gone straight, com- I, I guess they thought that was funny too, but I really felt like, oh, this is the first moment I've really felt like you're objectifying Buffy. Even when she seduced Xander in the season two. I mean, I didn't love that, but it, it kind of at least they're the same age and there's just more to it there kind of like there were more emotional stakes kind of in that story. So it was like not quite so just unnecessary as I just really didn't like that. I really thought, yeah, it's inappropriate that Willow and Anya are going after this guy too. But by that point it was so above the top, you know, over the top and just ridiculous that it was easier to kind of just let it be funny than when Buffy is doing it. And also again, like there's that whole weird angle that it's like, also she's backstabbing her sister. And I just, I know it's a spell, but I just don't get anything out of that storyline. You know, like they're, they have traditionally not been rivals. And I also just don't think that's that great of a plot line anyway. So I just didn't like, I really didn't like the Buffy parts of this episode. I really thought Dawn was like charming and funny in the beginning. And then as we see it kind of escalate because it's a spell, of course, and things are going wrong, I thought that was okay. And then again, when we circled back to this, like, like that act break at the, where they cut, do the split screen and we see all four of them. I was like, what again, like a little bit with like double meat pals, like what show is this? But at least if the whole episode had kind of been more coherently that way, it would have not, I, I, I don't know. I just, then I, I liked it, but it was weird. Do you think that the rivalry kind of undercuts the ending a little bit? Because yes. <laughs> like Buffy being like, I would, I would, I like, no, no, nothing is worth like you dying or something. Yeah. But like up until that point, like she's, she isn't really acting that way. Like Dawn's feelings don't matter. Dawn right. is just confused and it's really buffy. And I know she's under a spell, but like it's But she's able to overcome it at a certain point, but not until death yeah, Dawn is literally I, about to die. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. That it makes the resolution not that interesting or that strong. It made I mean, me ring a I little was, false. Like No, I, I totally feel agree. Like spell buffy would have been like, okay, go for it. Like Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't know what there's no answer to this spell that seems to be like Oh, until you go too far. Because clearly they all already went too far. Like, killing Principal Wood wasn't it. <laughs> but, oh, Don di- about to die, like, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that rang really hollow. And, like, like I guess, but I guess, though, again, it's because, like, this Buffy-Don rivalry isn't there. I mean, I'm sure Don is envious of Buffy for a lot of reasons. So, like, I kind of, I could understand everything from Don's perspective. But, like, Buffy is getting involved in this at all is just so strange. Yeah. Also well, that this hasn't been a thing before, like that right. the the jacket hasn't caused these kinds of issues before. Right, it right, got to yeah. This like, I mean, that's the one thing too where I'm like, okay, so this guy's been wearing this jacket this whole time. It's clear the other two cheerleaders are sort of under the same spell. Right, right. Um, but that his brother had it and his dad, and like nothing like this has happened. Eh. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> that was a little weird. I mean, or I guess it did, but I, I didn't understand how it, it's literally every woman who sees him there, but then what about every other woman who's literally seen him, like, play a game? Yeah, the whole I mean, school, I like, it, I yeah, felt like that's I didn't why understand how more people Xander's flashback, I thought, right. was, like, kind of important in showing how that was, like, a real love spell that worked, where, like, every woman literally was after Xander. Right, Whereas, right, like, right, this right. one, it it's doesn't work that way, but maybe he has, I don't know, they never really define what the spell is, so, like, maybe he has to, like notice them and like they have to have his attention and he's subconsciously making it work i don't know maybe 
Felt like a plot hole. It did. And poking. And it. I didn't like RJ. No. You know, he didn't really bring anything to the table other than being like kind of a traditionally handsome. But person. I think that's the point. There's nothing special yeah. about him. I guess, but I just mean to say he was very boring in the episode. Like he didn't add another level to it in any way. No, but that's I think that's that's the one part where I was like, okay, I actually like this because I don't know if it was intentional of a choice, but how boring like, that guy how is. How boring he is, but like <laughs> the whole point is that there's nothing special about this guy. Even with the jacket, he's still kind of boring, but everyone just thinks he's amazing. Yeah, I guess. He just wasn't he was annoying. Fine. I know that's the point, but he, I don't like him. Hot take. I don't like RJ. AJ. AJ. <laughs> I did really lo- I guess I really loved Anya's. I loved Anya's bit the most. That, like, she f- declares her love for him, doesn't even know his name, and then is, like, the one that really does go and rob a bunch of stores. I really liked that kind of conclusion. And doesn't get like, caught. And doesn't get caught. And then she's like, I'll take you all out for ice cream. I'm like, yeah, because you're loaded right now. <laughs> My treat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, here's my other kind of plot hole questions for you. Well, not all plot holes, but... <clears throat> so we see Dawn try out for the cheerleading squad, and she's awful. More than just is being cringeworthy because she's written this terrible, you know, cheer for RJ, but that she's, like, really uncoordinated and whatever. So my <laughs> my question to you, we know that Michelle Trachtenberg dances, bec- and we know that from reading, you know, extra materials on the internet or whatever. Is it... When she danced in Once More With Feeling, was that because of the spell? Or was she bad at dancing here because of the spell? <laughs> so, canonically, is Dawn good at dancing? I think Dawn dancing under the spell is like Dawn was dancing be- and knew how to under do it which because spell? of I'm the sorry. spell. Like which spell? Which spell? The, the Once More With Feeling spell. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I think Dawn is just naturally not like a dancer. But Michelle like, Trachtenberg might be, but Dawn is not supposed but to be. But here's the thing, though. It's not like the su- sweet... That's a demon's name, right? God, it took me all this whole time to think of that. It's not like his spell made them better singers. No. They were just singing. I think you're so, like, she trying ex- to really go too far. <laughs> <laughs> I just think... I think it was... I think they just forgot that they already kind of established that Dawn dances. I don't but know if they established enough. that. I think they established that she danced under the spell, not that she dances. Mm, but she in wasn't real life. tripping all over herself. And I think this spell is so vague that we don't know what it's doing it's to true. anyone. So, if anything, right. it should improve her ability. I guess that's what I'm saying. Okay, fine. Step no- step number two. Question number two. This isn't a bad question. I'm just curious. Has Buffy had that bazooka since season two? Was that the same one? That was my assumption. Okay. I don't know I where else she like would have gotten pole, one on but short But it is notice. kind of funny that I'm like, where have you been keeping that? I mean, I know she has a weapons chest, but that's some, like, heavy artillery. Yeah, I, I assumed that she didn't, like, have to go get another one. I mean, why yeah, would they give that back? Yeah, I guess so. Does this get in trouble if they bring it back? Yeah, you can't sneak it back onto the base. <laughs> mm, okay. All right. I guess I also... Because this episode is kind of flitting with this, like, very cartoony... Not car- not even cartoony. That's not really the right description. But, you know, they're doing this sort of, like, faux, retro, you know, love spell kind of trappings. And then that Dawn's story specifically gets so dark where she's going to kill herself on a train track. I guess I also am, like... I feel like that was, like, a little too far for what we kind of were... The aesthetic of this episode. 
It got a little dark. It was a little much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right? especially okay. because everybody else's responses were so cartoonish. And then, yeah. like, Buffy's going to go blow up the principal, and Anya's going to go rob a bunch of stores, and Willow's going to turn him into a woman. And, like, Don's like, I, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to go kill myself. I guess it was supposed to still just be melodrama, but it, it did just feel a little like, I was like, I think you went too far with that one. <laughs> well, I mean, it works for me in a way where, like, Don was clearly feeling hopeless that she couldn't compete with these older women who had all these powers at their disposal, yeah. you know, and they could do all these impressive things. Um, and so her response is like, well, what can I do? And I, she's like, well, I can sacrifice myself. But like, first of all, she didn't leave a note. So how's RJ going to know that she did That's it for true. him? But quibbles here. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it totally was a little bit off. Maybe. I feel like it shifted it. And then to your point, then we have this like heartfelt scene between her and Buffy, and I just feel like it was a little bit of whiplash in terms well, of like how heavy or how light is this episode. My and, like, I guess my thought about that is like maybe they wanted Dawn to go to such extremes to like for that snap to be the Buffy only thing that would like yeah shake Buffy out of it. Yeah, I just don't think this story is very strong. So like the parts that worked were the parts that were actually funny, and then when you get down past that, it's just like oh this is kind of it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, no, I agree. Although I liked that they, I, what I did like is that I do feel like this was the appropriate time in a season to have a filler episode. It was even that last episode was so heavy and was like, took a lot out of me that I, I liked having this moment where we were going to be like, let's do something silly. And also let's like focus on Dawn because she, you know, she hasn't really gotten that as much focus in general in the show. So I, I guess I, I, I feel like it was the right attempt. It just doesn't ultimately work that well. I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. It was fine, but it just, you know, could have been a lot better. Yeah. I'm just trying to be fair because we, I am unforgiving to Angel all the time and I should give <laughs> Buffy the same treatment and Buffy is much, much better and is generally a lot more consistent, I think, you know, but to be fair, this is just not, this is not it. Yeah, it is a one-off. It's not a great one-off, but I mean, I think we know we're about to kick the season into high mm-hmm. gear, so I forgive them, I guess, in that <clears throat> they were probably focused more on that and it was like, okay... Somebody write like a, you know, uh, yeah, an old style Hellmouth episode, but yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think you could tell. I don't really have a lot to say about this episode. No, I was just like, it's about. kind of a nothing. Like, <laughs> there's nothing like, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like okay. Anya was my favorite. Oh, I did. I did enjoy. Yeah. Oh, I think I said this already, but yeah, it was like they tried to sell the Buffy Dawn thing as the like proper conclusion to this episode but really what I thought was the most satisfying was Buffy I'm sorry Spike and and Xander like teaming up to just steal a guy's jacket on the street like that I thought was a much better like resolution for kind of where I think this episode should have been tonally like you know it's like they kind of are like do you understand the plan you like they make this big thing out of it and then it's like oh you're just stealing him you're just stealing his jacket (laughs) I thought that was really funny and I liked that like we are sort of maybe sowing some seeds for like, how is Spike going to get reintegrated into this? And like having him go through Xander, I think is kind of a smart way to do that. So I guess I just thought like, oh, that was a much better conclusion to this episode. And like, then what they were kind of trying to do, like when they tried to get heavy, it just didn't work. But the silliness was, was perfectly silly. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. All my favorite parts were the silly parts. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, speaking of silly, Mm -hmm. Should we move on to Angel? Oh, boy. <laughs> silly the right <laughs> adjective for this? There were some silly moments. I actually found this episode a little bit funny. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. But, yeah, okay, so <laughs> uh, let's talk about Spin the Bottle. Um, 
AKA Angel's Tabula Rasa. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really hard to not meet comparisons. It um, was. There's some slight differences, but, um, okay. So we start out, Lauren is like narrating this whole tale, um, about the time he decided to try to get Cordelia's memory back. And, you know, he, um, he's healed enough from his brain gouging to start reading people again. He reads a customer who gives him a spell to, or a potion or something to restore everyone's or to restore Cordelia's memories. But what he needs is the six, the six being our main core cast members, um, including Wesley. So everybody has to convene at the hotel for this ritual in the hopes of getting Cordelia's memory back. Um, (laughs) The spell seems to be quite a whammy, though. Like, everybody's, like, freaking out. Uh, I think Lauren passes out. Fred throws up. So Cordelia in the middle of the spell is like, hell no, and, like, just breaks the bottle, and um, the spell stops. But where the spell stops is that, yes, Cordelia has her memories back, but only up to the point of 17-year-old Cordelia, and that's the case of everybody else. So everybody knows who they are, but they only know themselves as their 17-year-old self. So that means that none of them have any idea where they are. Um, only, well, only four of them really understand themselves to be, like, a part of where they are or, like, you know, of this world. So, like, Angel, 17-year-old Angel introduces himself, of course, as Liam, um, so mm-hmm. doesn't know he's a vampire, doesn't have any idea where he is, why these people are dressed this way, and why he's not talking with an Irish accent. Wesley thinks he's head boy at the Watchers Academy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Gunn thinks he's got, you know, his, it back in his days living on the street with his crew killing vampires. Fred apparently is a teenage stoner <laughs> from mm-hmm. San Antone, and Cordelia is Cordelia Chase, as we knew her in high school. And then they discover Lorne, and they think he's the devil who has done all of this to them, thanks to Angel saying it was the devil's work. Mm-hmm. And um, So they tie him up, and then, like, basically chaos ensues. Like, they're all teamed up into various, like, combinations. Fred keeps trying to ask everybody for weed, and Cordelia is, you know exploring the rooms with Angel, who discovers that he might be the vampire that they all think that they're supposed to be hunting for reasons, um, mm-hmm. mostly because Wesley put that idea into their head. So he realizes he's a vampire. He tries to get out of there because he thinks he's the one that they're all hunting. Unfortunately, Angel is blocked by the fact that he's never seen vehicles before, so mm. he's terrified by the street outside the hotel and runs back inside. Um says he's seen demons. Um, I think I'm just listing out my favorite jokes at this point. But um, (laughs) they all basically, like, discover that um, Angel is a vampire, so they all kind of start running from him. Connor shows up, of course, and starts fighting with Angel because Angel appears to be attacking Cordelia. Um, Cordelia doesn't know who Connor is, so promises to reward him if he saves her. Connor takes that as permission to try to beat up Angel. Lorne wakes up from being knocked out again and decides that he thinks he can fix this. So one by one, you know, he gives Fred a little bit of potion than everybody else, and they all kind of realize what's going on. Cordelia does, at that point, get all of her memories back, um, but a little something extra. She sees, like, this scary demonic face, so she tells Angel that she needs to be alone. 
shenanigans, I think, is how I would describe this episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> full of shenanigans. I um, thought it was funny. I, I'll give it that. Like, I thought it was funny-ish. Yeah, I don't know. I liked some of the jokes. I didn't like all of them. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I think this episode was fine. But I have to say this setup is my nightmare, which is the thing that we always, or that I, I think that we always talk about is like, what we love is how far these characters have come. So whereas like in Buffy, it's silly to kind of see them get their memories erased and have all these interactions. They were more or less consistent with their futures. I mean, obviously things had changed. I just mean to say that it's like, oh, what you did is take literally all of the growth that every single character has had and taken away. So I think on that aspect, I think it was a strange choice. But that said, that didn't really affect the way I saw the rest of the episode. I think, I mean, really what affected this the most was like, oh, this is, this is a, a repeat of, of, of Tabula Rasa. So yeah, is it as fun as that one? No, it's not. And so, I, but I guess I think that's my main critique is it just, it really felt like you're pulling from a bag of tricks that we're familiar with. I mean, and that kind of this whole season has felt a little bit like that. So I think that is, that's my biggest critique is like, I, I understand why this is a tempting story. I think it feels very much like we've done this a lot. So I don't love that. But I guess the rest of it was fine. Other than the Connor stuff, obviously. Yeah. Connor, who is his 17, 18 year old self anyway. Well, they established um, that he was 18 in this episode. And I felt like that was very deliberate. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I was like, okay, he could have really been any age and they like literally have them say that in this episode. I'm certain was just to lay groundwork for what is coming next. Yeah. Let's to confirm that ever Honor, so slightly more the age of consent palatable. check. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, so when I say funny, I wasn't like laughing out loud, but like I did find some of these interactions really charming. Amusing. Um, yeah. like I really enjoyed 17 year old angel who doesn't know anything <laughs> yeah, about vampires you know, yeah. it just seems like he does like a good beer every now and then, hates his father, and is like just perplexed yeah. by these people that like Yeah. He's like, Well, yeah. I don't you know, I don't know what's happening, I don't know where I am, I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, I I enjoyed Fred actually because Fred to me was like the biggest surprise. Like we we would have thought, you know, high school Fred is like probably like a really big like geek who's like really academic but apparently not (laughs) yeah see I don't think that joke worked that well for me I guess I just thought they were trying too hard like it was fine I don't know I I thought Amy Agnes sold it for me Mm. I guess I feel like it's a weird reaction in this like really strange situation but maybe I just don't get it yeah I mean that yeah that was fine I I really liked Wesley (laughs) I guess I thought he would the, would be the one that I would hate the most because I love, you know, new new and improved Wesley, but I thought he was hilarious. He was my favorite. Yeah. Well, especially because him discovering all the weapons. Um, yeah. That are <laughs> strapped his, to his person. Yes. Yeah, check, checking yeah. around to see where else they were hidden. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, I, I found this, like, kind of, like, yes, it's kind of a ripoff of Tabula Rasa. They did take enough care to differentiate it in that... For sure. They don't totally lose their memories. They just kind of have arrested memories. Um, yeah. But I, I guess where, you know, I think maybe I let myself enjoy this episode a little bit more, or maybe let isn't the right word, or I did enjoy this episode Mm -hmm. a little bit more than I expected was because... It was a break from like the drama, like yeah, no, you're you right. You know, like these kids, these people are acting like they don't know each other, so they don't have this history this- of like 
you know, Gunn and Fred and Wesley, Wesley. and that whole thing yeah. of like, you know, Gunn figuring out that Fred went to Wesley for help with the professor and you know, Gunn and Wesley irritatingly arguing over Fred again as yeah. she's not in the room because, God forbid, she have her own agency. Um, you know, all of that's really annoying. And, um, you know, Gunn acting like he doesn't know what's wrong with Wesley, like, what happened to you, man? And, like, Wesley having to remind him, you know, that, hey, I got my throat slit and all my friends abandoned me. Like, right. cool, I'm just going to be normal. Like, all of that drama, like, Angel and Cordelia trying to figure out if they were in love, like, just so boring. So, like, having a break from that just felt really nice. Yeah. And, of course, we come right back to it at the end of the episode. Yeah. But for a brief 40 minutes, it was a nice vacation. Yeah. Although, to be honest, even that part, I, I guess there's, I guess this would always be the case, but even that is exactly how Tabula Rasa is used in, in Buffy. Like, it falls right after one of the heaviest episodes Gives it's us a true. minute to not have to deal with it and then lets us go back to it. So it's not that I'm not I'm really not criticizing it other than just, you know, it's just like it's hard not to notice. Um, yeah. But to that point, it's a it is effective. I, I agree with you that it was nice. It was nice. It was nice to not be quite dealing with all of that stuff. I, I, I do feel like they were the stronger characters. I Well, you're right. I did really enjoy Angel, but I did. I did feel like. Wesley Gunn and Fred kind of gave us the biggest reprieve. I Cordelia, again, I just, I don't feel like they're writing her as well in this season as they have been, even when they're doing these things that are kind of more fun. I, di- I didn't hate it, but it, it even that felt, a, it just felt a little bit like they, they reduce her. I feel like they're reducing her a little bit into too much of a, of an old stereotype. And, and it's just not as fun for, it's just not as fun. Um, so it's really interesting that you say that. And I think in an episode where Cordelia reverts back to her 17-year-old self, mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, it's interesting to me that they do this before they completely... Take her out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's like, what I'm so saying is it's just It's weird. really showing her character growth in sharp relief in a way to be reminded of the old Cordelia who is like oh my God, my hair, you know, like that she's freaking out because of her hair and needs reassurance that her hair's fine. She needs reassurance that, you know, Angel is attracted to her. Like the old Cordelia that we don't, that we know doesn't exist anymore. Um, So I, there was an article published like very, what's today? Today, actually, I think. Um, I think it was... I saw it on Twitter. It was in TV Guide, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was basically talking about, you know, 20 years on, you really yeah. do have to reckon with the fact that Angel was really unkind to its female characters. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I should I saw, send it to you. I saw a different post that had an amusing take, but I can get into that in a minute, yeah. Yeah. But that Cordelia was the most egregiously treated. For um, sure. I mean, it's been yes. so blatant this season. I guess that's what I'm saying is it's like even without... I'm not trying to look for that stuff that hard. You know, it's really there on the face. Like they really, she wasn't in this season for the first two episodes. She was there saying quippy lines. She finally comes back and she's behaves totally out of character, has this odd fixation on Connor. And then in this one, where she finally does get her memories back, they use it as a way to make her her most shallow self. So yeah, it's just not, 
it's just not the best. No, it's <laughs> not. And, like, and it's going to get worse. And, and it's going to get worse. Exactly. Reasoning, it, and, be, you know, and this article was really talking about that, like all the ways they undid all of her. I mean, we could talk about it more as we get into the season and we're actually watching it. But I had just read it when I watched this episode and I was like, oh, my God, like this like, is find, yeah. the moment where it starts because and, and it's even a slap in the face to be like, here's old Cordelia, here's new Cordelia. And then the way this season is going to just erase all of that. You know, exactly. If this were the if this were the setup to how to bring her back into the fold, it would be probably okay, right? Yeah. If this were a step to getting her back to where she was, I would probably understand it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a funny thing that I read. So yeah, because there've been a few posts because I the twentieth anniversary because of the 20, 20 year mark for Angel that I've still seen some things floating around on the internet. And I saw this one commenter who was like giving this whole tirade about, well, not tirade. It was nice. They were just talking about, Oh, this is what was so great about Buffy. And here's what was so great about Angel. But they had this like anecdote that I have not fact checked at all, but it was just so funny to me because they were like, Oh yeah. Such and such writer who went on to write for these other shows was talking in an interview about working on Angel and how like all her, um, scripts kept getting rejected and like she couldn't figure out what she was doing wrong and like I guess she was told presumably by Joss Whedon that like oh you're not being true to the characters and then finally wrote some episode that was just deeply personal and like focused on the characters and like that was the one that made it through and I was like this is such a weird show that is or I'm sorry that is such a weird story about a show that has never been consistent with their characters so like I'm sorry you were trying to be consistent with your characters and this is where we are. <laughs> and at least if it was an afterthought, I would feel a little bit more like, okay, that's just not what you were doing. But like, apparently that was the point. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I've not confirmed that anywhere reputable. So maybe it's totally made up, but I was just, I was just like cackling to myself about like, Oh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think like at the end we see, I think it, that, yes, I agree. That is weird to like have that <laughs> so be the experience. Story about this show. <laughs> Uh, but also, like, at the end of this episode, you know, we see Cordelia see these, like, glowing red eyes or whatever. And so it's clear that whatever this storyline is, is about to start happening. And yeah. so the timing of this, I was thinking about this because it, in retrospect, I mean, like, it's always been really vague and you never really hear anything concrete or specific. It's all rumor. But, like, it does seem really clear that, like, Charisma Carpenter got pregnant and she got, like, written off the show. And mm-hmm. the way they did it is a mess. And... They, they have admitted that, like, you know, it was disruptive and they, like, wrote the season on the fly, basically. Mm-hmm. So this is the part where they start writing the season on the fly. And I'm just, like, it's so, like, to see them do this, like, and to be aware of that now and watching it. And, like, literally in this episode, I feel like you can see the start of it. And I'm just so angry because I'm, like, I don't know what happened to, like, just put her behind a counter and, like. I know. What, like. <laughs> Actress well, being pregnant doesn't mean character has to be, say, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because, like, I am, because, like, plot-wise, but, like, I just see it starting here, and I think just, like, having 17-year-old Cordelia show up after I, like, read that, I was just like, oh, great. Like, this feels like they, they did it on purpose and they, like, twisted the knife. Yeah. It probably wasn't even that intentional. I'm giving them too much credit. I don't know. Maybe, though. I just, yeah, I mean... The elephant in the room, right, about this episode, too, though, is just like, I'm sorry, I just cannot watch Connor and Angel fight over Cordelia no. anymore. It's so stupid. 
It's so stupid. And even that, that Angel was sort of like not aware of why they were fighting or what was going on. I just am so over that. It was never an interesting storyline and it's not any better now. <laughs> it's bad. It's very bad. And like also setting up this weird, like Connor is just such a creep, right? Like they set up this weird thing in the before where he's like all hot and bothered about this kiss with Cordelia. And then he saves a girl who turned out to be a prostitute. And she gets his like, he said, they say something about like getting his engine revved or something. And I was like, I am not, this is not appealing. And then that Cordelia says something about how she's going to reward him. And he of course takes that to mean romantically or sexually. And I was like, this is just so weird. I don't like it. I don't, why are they making him that way? He could just be mad at Angel and have all these father issues. That would be totally fine. <laughs> also, it's right? really he's totally like, earned is that. Connor trying to do this because he's just 18 and attracted to Cordelia? Or is he trying to like hurt his father? Like Probably. his motivation is never. Maybe it's both. both, Yeah. Yeah. I think they think that's really more, that's richer than just having one motivation, but I really feel like he should just have his fights with Angel and that would be enough. But anyway, so to that end, yes, I'm, I, somebody wrote into us about uh, the Cordelia storyline, but I don't, I don't want to mention it yet just since we're not really not quite there, but I'm, I guess even if they hadn't written her out the way they do because of the pregnancy. I'm not convinced that they were really going to treat her that well this season anyway. So I guess I do think that there's kind of more to it. Like, I just don't think this show is set up the same way. You know, there's just more dudeness baked into it in a bad way, I think. Yeah, I no, I, I mean, don't, they're, it's not they're definitely always not prioritizing the male characters. But like, in a way that is, it just never feels right. Not just because of our modern perspective, it just feels like you guys just kind of give a lot of these ladies a shaft more than they need it. So I'm curious how the season really, if it really would have been that much better without that wrench also, at least in terms of Cordelia, but we can look into that more. I'll definitely have to read this article that you're talking about. I'll have to send it to you. It was in the TV guide. Okay. Which I don't read, but I actually think Charisma Carpenter tweeted about it, which is how I found yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And they are all at Comic-Con this weekend, so New York Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, well, everyone but David Boreanaz. Um, so there's probably a lot of press out this weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, well. On that note. But kind of, a, <laughs> it was a fine episode, if only they weren't using it to whatever weird ends, right? It was an acceptable episode. Honestly, I was enjoying it until the end. And yeah. Just like, yeah, oh, I great. agree. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And you know what you're right to point out? And I just, to say something to, let's all say one nice thing about Angel. Uh, I really did think you're right that Angel was really good in this episode, specifically. He's never my favorite part. And I'm not even saying that he was my favorite, but like, it was, it was fun to watch him just be, Silly and have his own little, you know, kind of stupid sides and try to be outside of the group. And what I found really interesting is we have never gotten to know Liam. Yeah, yeah, that's true. At the end of his life, probably at the lowest point of his life. So like this version of him is kind of a new version that we haven't really met before. Like he's still kind of like, obviously like has father issues and like it's implied that he's kind of a screw up. But like, you know, he's. No, it's kind of nice to like. Yeah. He's just a dude. Like, well, and I, I guess what what is successful about it to me now that you're saying it is like it does really kind of contextualize him as like a, just a, a yeah, just like kind of a screw up teenager. Like he wasn't evil. He wasn't terrible. He was just not great. <laughs> I don't know. It's just his story is always his backstory is always so so heavy that it is nice to kind of just see this part where it's just like yeah, he's just 
He's just sort of mulling around. He's just not a hero, that's (laughs) all. He's just not a hero, yeah. And that's kind of the worst that you can say about him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So next time we have conversations with dead people and Apocalypse Now-ish. Okay. So. Apocalypse Now-ish is finally a great title, right? Yeah. I I have no idea what's going to happen, but I like it at least. Yeah. The conversations with dead people should be interesting at least it could be the opposite of this week's episode where it's like we won't be struggling to come up with things to talk about <laughs> no <laughs> <At least> <laughs> you made fun of me for going in too hard on that dawn thing but i'm sorry ali what else is there to analyze in this episode <laughs> it's true there wasn't a lot There's not a to lot to uncover yeah. yeah how are we gonna go past an hour with these episodes <laughs> yeah well i'm sure that we won't really be in filler territory anymore next week so no Sure. I guess season six, or I'm sorry, episode six is about that right point where you're not quite, you know, you're about a third in, things are about to set off. Take yes, we're getting into November sweeps, so. Yeah. <clears throat> How yeah. sweeps. Yeah, sweeps. Do they even do that anymore? <laughs> yeah, we've had this conversation before, and the answer is we don't know. <laughs> um, um, all right. Okay, do you have any pop culture stuff to talk about? Oh, I do. Okay. I, I hope I haven't brought this up every October, but I don't think I have. Uh, also, side note, my goal is to all, all, all spooky recommendations for the next three weeks. Um, so I, every once in a while, I'll revisit this uh, album that I forgot about for like five straight years. And then I remembered and I was like, oh, I think this is worth getting back into. So um, have I talked to you about Dead Man's Bones before? <laughs> To me, yes, but I'm not sure you've mentioned it here. Okay. Well, Dead Man's Bones is Ryan Gosling's short-lived band. It's him and one other guy. Uh, And it's this, like, they only have one album. I think it came out in 2009 because I was kind of reading about it yesterday as I was, like, listening to it. It is just... It's just such a delightful piece of music history that exists. Like, they don't still tour anymore. He's not still in a band. It's not, like, a lot of, you know, leading men celebrity bands are, like... I think kind of notoriously silly or bad, although to be fair, I haven't really listened to anyone else's, but um, our mutual friend is the one that introduced me to this music and we actually saw him live and it was great. Um, But it's just this weird, like it's not quite a concept album, but like he and his friend like bonded over loving spooky things and specifically like Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. So it's just this really delightfully spooky atmospheric album. And it's like, it is all, it's all mostly spooky. They talk about vampires and werewolves a lot and it's like kind of really moody and like ambient, but, um, just like a variety of instruments in there. I find his voice to be very appropriate for what they're doing. He has, he sings in this really deep tone. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's not silly, but it's not heavy and it's not too scary that it is. Yeah, like, but it's just really fun to listen to. And, like, on an October day when I was having a nightmare of transit issues, I just, like, put it on and I was like, this is perfect right now. (laughs) So I I feel like it's a good, it's in the vein, not in the vein of Buffy, but, like, if you like Buffy and you are interested in, like, a good October listen, I think it's totally worth checking out. The only thing that I don't, I actually think it would be a much, much better album if not for the fact that they um, recorded it with a children's choir and so, like, there's this, like, weird there's weird vocals from kids on almost every track. And ex- with the exception of maybe one song, I don't think it works at all. <laughs> so there are points where I'm like, I would skip, I would, you, like, want to skip, like, 10 seconds of every song, which I think is a shame because it's really great otherwise. So that's my only caveat. Um, 
oh shoot and I have favorite songs but um I have to think of them right right now uh Puppa Power is like sort of the easiest one I think to start with and I also really like this song that's called In the Room Where You Sleep that so that's creepy. my recommendation I mean it is creepy but it, it is like it's just it's great it's like sort of kitschy and sort of silly but it is also like sort of serious I don't know I think it really works though I really like it I think you wouldn't hate it uh, yeah probably not yeah okay that's my re- that's my recommendation cool well it sounds very appropriate for October mm-hmm um, I, I don't really have any seasonally appropriate recommendations. Okay. <laughs> Not a requirement. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have any recommendations. Oh, okay. Seasonal or, or not. Okay. Um, I've mostly just been watching Superstore, so I think oh, I yeah. mentioned that, and I think you've recommended it before. So I'm sort of watching it low-key in the background, too, now. I like it's it. It's good. It's so yeah. great. <sighs> okay. Uh, okay. So... Teams this week. Team to everybody. Everyone gets an F. I didn't like anybody. No. Maybe Lauren again. (sighs) Just even he messed up a lot. He tried. He sort of messed up a lot though. Oh, we didn't even talk about his weird uh, monologue to an empty room. Well, Well, there were people in the room. Mm Mm-mm. There were like clapping sounds in the background. I think that was in his head. There was nobody in there. Oh, okay. I I didn't I didn't get that point. Okay. I thought there was an audience because people I don't were think laughing and cheering. Was there. So, Mm-mm. I believed um, it. <laughs> okay. Um, I uh, going through my head, going through the Rolodex. <laughs> I got no one. Yeah. Can I we think, do that? Do yeah, you know? I, mean, I don't, I don't know suck. if we've done it before, but like, I think I'm fine. I mean, there's some people like Dawn was kind of blameless, but like she wasn't. You know, she didn't stand out. Yeah. I don't know. No. Team Buffy's old cheerleading uniform. <laughs> Sorry, rest in peace. You're, you're no more. <laughs> Team Rocket Launcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I like that. I'm All right, that's, that's pathetic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, well, I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com. Thanks.